It's the Steve Forbert Special on the Paul Leslie Hour. We're going to start the show with his interpretation of that old traditional song, Frankie and Johnny. This is on his album, Early Morning Rain. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Always honored to have you listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hello and welcome. We are honored to be in the presence of one of the greats in American music. Steve Forbert is acclaimed as not only a great songwriter, but he's just as beloved for his one-of-a-kind voice. He's just released on May 1st, 2020, on Blue Rose Music. It's a new album entitled Early Morning Rain. And the current single, it's that classic song beloved by so many, Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues. Steve Forbert, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good. Glad to be on your show. You've talked to a lot of these uh, musician types, and I'm glad to be included. It's an honor to have you. So, Steve, tell me, what was the impetus? What what was it that got the spark that created the flame that became this album of yours, Early Morning Rain? Well, I had a list accumulating for decades of songs that um, I felt uh, an affinity with and an urge to maybe songs that I might have an urge to cover someday. And Paul, through the years, of course, I've done covers in the in my live shows, everything from Little Sister by Elvis to, uh, dare I say, Rock and Roll by The Velvet Underground and to Snowbird, honestly, by Ann Murray. 
But so about a year ago, I decided it would be fun to um, to just be a stylist and 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 pick some of these songs off this lengthy list and 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 do a cover record and uh, give people sort of a, a breather, if you will. It's there's things are so hectic now, and I put out twenty records, and I thought, okay, it'd be it, it would be nice to just say, here's some songs you already know and love. And things are even crazier now with, uh, you know, this pandemic and the problems we have. So this is just kind of a little entertainment record, uh, which I had a lot of fun making. So I've already had my fun. And you said you want to focus on being a stylist. So I'm curious to know, who would you say when it comes to just their vocals? Who do you think has impressed you the most or influenced you the most? Really hard to say. Really hard to say. Once again, I can only say everybody from Gene Vincent to from Gene Vincent to Jimmy Reed. Well, let's bring it up forward forward somewhat. Uh, you know, uh, I love David Crosby's vocal on the song called "Almost Cut My Hair." I don't sing with the power and the particular clarity David has, but. The list would just go on and on. What makes a great singer a great singer? I think what makes a great singer a great singer, to me, it's those people who really, really possess and comprehend the words they're singing to me. Now, that, that eliminates Ella Fitzgerald scat singing, so it's probably not a good answer. <laughs> but to me, you know, but to me, when I hear Jimmy Rogers or Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong singing, they just convey a message. You know, you just give them something like... Uh, uh, sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely nights dreaming of a song, and they're going to—they're going to put it out there a little more, a little more powerfully as a message than, than everybody else. And I'm, I'm narrowing—I'm I'm taking your question really seriously. I mean, there's so many great singers, from Graham Parsons to John Lennon to Sandy Denny, but. You know, there are certain few that just really convey the lyrics of a song they they perform. So that's what I would say. That's really getting it down to really, really great. Hmm. Very, very interesting stuff. And it's it's interesting because there are such a, a great variety of singers. There are people... You know, like Bob Dylan, that not everybody considers a great singer, but many would. And the title of your album, Early Morning Rain, I would say that one artist who is as beloved for being a songwriter as a singer would be Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. What made you decide to not only record Early Morning Rain, but also make that the title of the album? Um. Um, Paul, is what you say when you're 
thinking and collecting your thoughts. Nowadays, the kids say so, <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of people on TV have, have, have adapted that. So um, <laughs> I, I would say that Elvis, so has replaced well. It used to, I say, well, let's see. To me, I love the song Early Morning Rain. I think George Hamilton IV had a hit with it. And Gordon Lightfoot wrote it in the early 60s, probably, I would say, almost definitely from experience, from standing there, you know, drunk or a bit hungover by a by a airport runway watching a plane take off and being stranded on the ground. But there's something about a live version that Elvis Presley recorded on tour in the 70s. And it, there's a double album called Elvis in Concert. And even though it has the full band and the girl singers and all that kind of what you, you might, some might say overproduction on stage, to me, it just, it works. And that's the one that communicated to me. And so uh, why did it become the title of the album? It just seemed to it just seemed to set a mood and it was going to be the first track in the sequence uh, of the 11 songs and it, it just it became the title. It's a great song and you did a wonderful job singing it. So let's hear it folks. Written by Gordon Lightfoot, the title track of Steve Forbert's album Early Morning Rain. In the early morning rain With a dollar in my hand And an aching in my heart And my pockets full of sand I'm a long way from home And I miss my loved ones so also wonder because you know there's a couple of songs on here that Elvis Presley recorded and and he's more or less known uh, for being someone who did them also would be good time Charlie's got the blues Steve are you an Elvis Presley fan oh definitely 
it's funny to me what I came up in the seventies and was a um you know, a Rolling Stones fan in you know, very much so in seventy two when they when they toured to uh up behind the exile on Main Street record. And uh, the Rolling Stones came to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, which was within shot of where I lived in Mississippi, in Meridian, Mississippi. So uh, we made the journey over there, got the tickets and made the journey over there to, to see the Rolling Stones. At the time, Elvis was on the, on the marquee coming up the next week. So funny to me, Paula, you know, as a teenager with long hair at that time, <laughs> you know, listening to the likes of Johnny Winter or, you know, that uh, Martha Hoople. I, I just thought, well, Elvis Presley, who would go, you know, that's that's the old crowd. What's this, Las Vegas? You know, I didn't have any real serious thought. Now I regret it. Now I realize that what, you know, what I missed, I should have been there a week later to see Elvis as well. So am I an Elvis fan? Yeah, yeah. And I have that regret. You know, because I, I missed the boat on that uh, Tuscaloosa show. Well, speaking of that that song, the the single "Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues." How did you come to put your stamp on that song? Tell us about how you worked up the version. Was there anything that maybe influenced it? Was there a, a version that resonated the most with you? Tell us about that song. Well. It's just something almost between the lines. It's a simple song. It's got four chords. I've always liked it since the original hit in 72 by the writer, Danny O'Keefe. It's his song. Willie Nelson did a nice version of it. Many people have covered it. It's just, uh, it's just one of the most essential four chord songs you're ever going to hear i mean it just there's just something about it. it it's just it's it's that lonely thing and it's um it just kind of gets under your skin so um he certainly came up with a winner let's see if we can get the writer of that song danny o'keefe to join us okay Good morning. Good morning, Danny O'Keefe. It's all that's left. <laughs> this is Paul Leslie, and I'm here with Steve Forbert. We uh, we were just talking about your song, Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues, so thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. <laughs> okay. How you doing, Steve? Hey there, Danny. How are you? I'm pretty good. No major complaints. Well, I mean, I got a few, but, you know, nobody listens to them. Yeah. I see. Well, uh, as, as you know, we've we've covered your uh, famous song. I, I hope you've heard it. I did hear it. I liked it a lot. I'm so glad you did. Well, thank you. And uh, every everybody likes it, and they're all asking me uh, what's so great about it. And I'm trying to tell them, but it's hard to define. You you know, the magic you know that's in a song with uh, words and lyrics are great, and it's just you know it's the way it's put together. So. Uh, you know, it's got that magic thing, and it resonates with people. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to. Uh, well, absolutely. So, uh, so tell us. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people out there are wondering, Danny, 
what what exactly got you inspired to write Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues? Well, that's always hard to say because that that song was kind of one of those instantaneous songs. I started it and, and finished it in about half an hour, 45 minutes. I think I had an extra verse that got lost along the way. And it was a, a, a very creative period. I was pretty young, was probably, you know, 22, 23. And everybody that sort of was in my little circle was beginning to kind of venture out. And they were leaving Seattle to go to L.A. It was a, I was pretty young. I was probably about 23. And the, the scene in Seattle that I had kind of been involved in was the beginning to move the band the daily flash was a very successful band in seattle and they were moving to la to try and get to the next stage of their career and i was seriously thinking of you know figuring out how to follow them down i was completely broke and had a you know a new wife and child and was trying to figure out how to make a living in the music business which i have actually haven't really even to this day figured that out <laughs> i just get lucky as far as i can tell and it was one of those songs that it was a, a gift you know from the ether i wrote it in probably half hour 45 minutes and it was just almost exactly as it is now maybe another verse that got lost and i played it for the, the guy who was my publisher and he went that one works it was kind of uh, my introduction song to uh, the music business. So when you heard the Steve Forbert interpretation, the single there and out there in the world making some some interest from people and people enjoying it, what did you think when you heard his version? I loved it. I'm I'm thrilled with, you know, that that song has legs, so to speak, and that people periodically find something of themselves in it. There's no greater compliment to a to a writer or to a song to have somebody like it enough to make it their own. I'm thrilled that Steve did. Well, Danny, do you happen to remember the verse that was put aside? I have no idea. I, I, yeah, I went for symmetry. So I had, I had four verses. I figured that was enough. <laughs> right. That's right. And you chose to uh, repeat the one about, um, I'd love to try and settle down, but that everybody's leaving town. That line gets repeated and it wraps it up. Well, it's kind of the, the essence of the song, you know, and I think that maybe one of the things that people identified with in the song and that everybody dreams of being someplace else. And they're trying to figure out how to go until they get there and realize that where they were was probably better. There's no place like home. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's uh it, it's a testament to it, it, it in the, that it says so much, you know, so concisely. And um I'm having a great time singing it and and I'll I I will continue to sing it and thank you. Great. Well, thank you. Appreciate it a lot. Danny and and Steve, have you all met each other before? No, we haven't. Okay. No. Nope. So, it's a bigger world than you think it is. <laughs> That's right. It's a big world after all. It's a big, big world. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're looking forward to that today. <laughs> that sounds good. I got a good. whole bunch more that songs. Sounds good. You know, 
Yeah, I got more songs for, for Steve to, you know, record if he's into it. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear from you, and we, we can get that together. I'm... All right, please do. Take care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. All right, thanks, Paul. All right. Have a good one, and thanks for doing this. You bet. Bye-bye. Everybody's gone away Said they're moving to L.A. There's not a soul I know around Everybody's leaving town Some caught a freight, some caught a plane Find the sunshine, leave the They said this town's a waste of time I guess they're right, it's wasted Steve Forbert, you just heard his interpretation of Danny O'Keefe's Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues. So one of the songs on the album that caught my attention, you don't hear it very much anymore, and that would be Pick Me Up on Your Way Down. Are you a country music fan? Sure. What kind of country music have you typically enjoyed? Well, the older stuff. (laughs) I really like There Stands the Glass by Webb Pierce. That's a quintessential country record to me. I like the hits that little Jimmy Dickens had. I love Charlie Pride's uh, records he made with uh, Jack Clement. And the list goes on. The list goes on. Of course, I can always listen to George Jones and Tammy Wynette singing together. And, um, boy, these are some good records I'm talking about. Of course, country music to me is essential. Let's hear it. This is Steve Forbert with the classic country song, Pick Me Up on Your Way Down, written by Harlan Howard. But my heart can still be found 
I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about the man who produced this album. Tell us about the experience of working with Steve Greenwell. Well, Steve is a multi-talent. He uh, works out of Asbury Park now. He's uh, best known for the uh, big recordings of Joss Stone. And Steve is a musician, bass player. He uh, owns his own studio. He's an engineer. Obviously, he's a producer. He mixed the record. He has a grasp of all that technical stuff as as well as the music. And um, he's a little younger than me, maybe 10 years younger. But we we um, had a lot of the same turf. We, 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 we covered our outlook, our outlook. Our outlooks on things musically are really are very similar. And so it was uh, not a problem, not a problem working with him at all. And it took quite a while. We started this record back in May of 2019, getting the basic tracks in, in Brooklyn over a course of about three days. And then we, uh, then Steve and I worked on them, completing them. So for quite a while after that, back here in Asbury Park. I'm hoping that you can tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since this whole world has been turned upside down. <laughs> Have you found it difficult to adjust to this COVID nightmare that we're in? Well, honestly, I haven't found it extremely difficult. Fortunately for me, nobody immediately in my immediate circle of, of friends and relatives has, has been taken really ill with it. So that's good. No, no one ill at all in, in my immediate connections. And I've been doing a lot of things like we're doing now, promoting the record, which by and large I, I do over the phone anyway. So. I've been able to just keep on going. I had to cancel some live shows, of course. But my feeling about that is two things, Paul. One, I'm I'm not out there on the road with a uh, you know twenty man crew and a eight man band and et cetera and all of this LV attached accoutrements, you know. So if I have to cancel shows for a while, it's not a major endeavor and it doesn't adversely affect a lot of people who you know would be the case for the rolling stones who had a tour planned you know so and and then the second thing is that i'm 65 and i've been uh i've been at it for about you know for over four decades so all i can say is if i were 25 putting out a live on arrival and had been rehearsing a band and then had to hit the brakes on all of that, it, it, it would be a real blow. You know, it would be terrible. And I probably wouldn't be so calm about it because I'd be young and full of piss and vinegar and ready to uh, get started. So there's plenty to be done for me. Promoting this record seems to be a couple of things every day and it needs to be done and it's, it's, it's happening. It may be a difficult question, but when you look at all the the songs on this album, is it possible 
to pick one, like if you could pick one to represent the album, maybe your favorite, which one would that be? Well, I don't think it particularly represents the album. The first single is Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues, and that's a good representation. Of course, the title song, Early Morning Rain, better be representative. It's the title song. But to my taste personally, I'm most fond of Suzanne. I've wanted to do this moody version of Suzanne for a long time, and I feel like we captured it. Can you remember the first time you heard Suzanne? Probably um, probably in the air with the Judy Collins cover of it. That was, uh, that was a pretty landmark recording. It's such a great song. And um, she introduced the world to uh, Leonard Cohen. So it must have been her, her, her cover of it. Steve Forbert, you just heard his interpretation of the Leonard Cohen song, Suzanne. On the note of a Leonard Cohen, I would be curious to know from a songwriter like yourself, who would you say the greatest songwriters of all time are? So I think you got to say um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. 
Oh, absolutely. The list goes on. Yeah. The list goes on, you know. The list goes on and it goes way back. We're still very familiar with a handful of tunes that Stephen Foster wrote. And Jimmy Rogers uh, wrote some great songs and, and with and, and with himself and his uh, sister-in-law helped him write some. I, I can hardly get started on that, but I think Lennon and McCartney, they sit they sit pretty high up there. So what is it like for you when you're on the road? I, I, I know all touring has been suspended for, for everybody, but what's it like for you when you're on the road and either before a show or after a show, someone comes up to you, someone who has been following your music for such a long time, and they want to meet you, they want to shake your hand and take a picture with you. What, what's that experience like? Well, it, it happens all, all the time at these shows. What's it like? It's no problem. It's uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't have a job if people weren't paying attention and taking the trouble to come out to these shows. I wouldn't have had any work all these years. And so, um, you know, I I very often do the meet and greet thing after the show, not before. And uh, it's 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 just fine. It's uh, it's um, a connection. I'm done that sort of thing myself. Had my picture made with Jimmy Webb and Albert King. You know, I can dig it. For anybody who listens to this album, Early Morning Rain, with, with this great variety of music, all kinds of stuff, is there anything other than just the enjoyment, of course, is there anything you want the listener to get from that experience? Well, on this record, it's kind of a... Uh, it's an effort to just present this quality songwriting. And I don't feel that the hit parade today offers this kind of lyrical content. And um, it's just uh, assemble these songs and people of all ages can get them and they can say, Oh, okay. You know, this is uh this is Americana songwriting or this is folk rock songwriting. And, this is how how high the bar can be. You know, that's the thing. Look at the poetry of Suzanne or, you know, look at the story of Someday Soon. So that's what that's what I am hoping to uh, achieve here is, is just a, a tribute to the craftsmanship and the the detail and the the, the uh, the um, tangibility of these lyrics and these melodies. Well, well put. Well, you, you know, you mentioned a second ago the the hit parade of today. What do you think about the state of the music industry in 2020? Uh, it all just grew up. It, it it grew up. It's like the uh, you know. Beanstalk just kept growing, and it finally got up to the clouds where the giant lives. You know, and so um, it is uh, an entity unto itself. And you don't hear many stories, and you don't hear many real things that really fire your imagination lyrically, you know, 
no one has time for a song like Good Morning America, How Are You? Uh, everything just has to be really streamlined toward uh, what is thought to be commercial. So, the, you know, it just grew up. It just kept getting getting to be more of an industry. For, I can't, I, perhaps that's a good word, and and then it finally just it that's that's what it pretty much completely is, and it serves itself, and it's a soundtrack for people's lives, and impressionable young people like it, and there's a good song here and there from time to time. Uh, still, there's there's certainly are a few. And I'm talking about the hit parade. I'm, you know, the stuff that's presented as the songs of the day by the, uh, you know, top of the charts. What's selling? So those are my thoughts on it. I'm kind of resigned to it. It just grew up. Hmm. Something that we didn't mention at the top of the interview was that in addition to your own recordings, there have been a number of artists who have interpreted the songs of Steve Forbert. And I'd like to know, and just to name a couple, like I can think of Marty Stewart, Roseanne Cash, uh, Keith Urban, who has done the best job at interpreting one of your songs or who knocked you out the most? Well, they're all good. They're all good. And it's certainly very gratifying when someone would, um, would want to cover something I'd written I have to say, <laughs> I was pretty surprised when they told me Roseanne Cash had recorded a song of mine called What Kind of Guy, uh, and it was a song I, I I sang all the time, What Kind of Guy Am I Really Am? I just thought, well, how's that going to work out? But when I heard it, it was a really good version, and she just, that's all, just changed the gender, no big deal. So I thought that was... Uh, a bit of a surprise and was I'm still like that record. What is the best thing about being Steve Forbert? The best thing about me is that uh I still just don't know any better. I'm uh you know, a uh I'm um still rather an optimist and I'm still able to do what I want to do. And that, that's a good thing. Talking to you right now is, you know, it's a, it's a pleasant thing to do. Talk about a new record I've got out at age 65, um, something I'm excited about. That, that's pretty great. I always like to end the interview by allowing the guest just to address the crowd. So it's not just limited to music. It could be anything what would you say to anyone who's tuned in what would i say to anyone who's tuned in well paul i'm inclined to take that philosophically and 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 um i think that old thing that that's called the sidorata is 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 still worth uh worth uh more than considering. So I can't quote it to you right now, but, uh, you know, I believe it was, you know, and uh, go placidly amid the noise and haste and 
try to be on good terms with all people if possible. You know, <laughs> hmm. if possible. And, uh, you know, that it, it's, it's, I, I think that thing which you, you, you encounter somewhere in, in uh, grade school or high school is, is, is pretty good. So I would, at this moment, being very, in a very serious mood, I would refer to that. Hmm. Maybe you'll read it or maybe you don't want to read it, but I, I'm not at, at liberty right now to read the whole thing. It's whatever it is. It's a couple of paragraphs. Well, since you're in a philosophic mood, you know, I put all these labels on you that you're a singer and a songwriter and a recording artist, and with this album, an interpreter of music. Who would you say Steve Forbert is at heart? How would you define him? Well, I still get a kick out of uh, singing Going, Going Down to Laurel, which was the first song on my first record. So after all this time, it's a little bit weird. It's it's like um, I haven't changed that much, and that that song still I can sing that to audiences every night, and and kind of embody the song still. And so um, that's kind of funny, but uh, that's a good calling card. Well, Steve Forbert, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. And anyone out there who's listening, if you want more information, it's steveforbert.com. This album, it's called Early Morning Rain, and it's on Blue Rose Music. You can find it on Amazon, anywhere that you pick up music. All right, Steve, I appreciate it, and thank you for your, thank you for sticking with me. No problem. I've enjoyed it, and um, thanks for having me as a guest. My pleasure. Until next time. So long. We've got one more song for you, but I thought that I would read for all of you the poem that Steve Forbert talks about, Desiderata. This was written by Max Ehrman. It goes like this. Go placidly amid the noise and the haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even to the dull and the ignorant. They, too, have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexatious to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career However humble, it is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery, but let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself, especially do not feign affection, neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. 
Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive Him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. By Max Ehrman. And now we're going to leave you with Steve Forbert's interpretation of the Ian Tyson song, Someday Soon. Until next time. for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scanning G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.